Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neary. Well, hey, everybody, it's Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and I am super excited today to have my good friend, David Nick Rootman, that we were just talking about how long have we known each other and worked with each other? It's been a decade. <laughs> Indeed, 10 years. 10 yep. years. So, David, I'm so glad to have you um, to introduce you to our readers and listeners and I'd love for you to just explain to um, to them who you are, and then we'll get into what you're doing, which is really some exciting work. Well, first of all, greetings from from Israel. We just finished we just finished the Sabbath here in Israel, so it's a it's an honor to be part of what you're doing and and elevating the homeschool way of delivering content these days. Um, I served the calling of Jewish Christian relations for over 22 years. First began at the Israeli consulate in New York as director of Christian affairs. And then for almost 14 years, representing the Orthodox Jewish community in my previous position as the executive director uh, for the Center for Jewish Christian Understanding and Cooperation uh, under the auspices of Rabbi Shlomo Riskin back then. And then I moved from that um, leadership position to right now uh, providing Bible content to the homeschool Christian world that fuses critical thinking and Hebraic understanding. And this is because Christian grandmothers are very concerned about how their grandchildren are going to be able to be protected from the secular society values that seem to be marginalizing biblical values mm-hmm. and uh, because of my years of experience in teaching christians the hebraic roots of their faith mm-hmm. the unique way i deliver bible content uh so playing up to that strength yeah. would it be possible then to deliver something to the home homeschool christian world mm-hmm. and uh, after much prayer and the download from god um i came to you lisa yeah. and we had this long discussion about this calling because it's it's not normally where I'm at. I'm usually with pastors or big conferences, and this would take an enormous amount of effort, uh, raising the necessary funds to be able to get the seed money to begin a process like this. What is it going to look like? And uh, and then we got a whole team together, and and so it's an honor really to do this with you because a year and four months ago, this was just a dream. Wow. And now here we are launching our first uh, curriculum. Yeah. Wow. This happened fast. And um, for some of our readers and listeners who have not been um, exposed to Orthodox Jews working with Christians, that might be a real stretch. So, but you've been doing this work for a decade. That's how we got connected. For 22 years, we only know each other for a decade. And in the process of that, uh, you caught me at the early stages of contemplating going to all roberts university right. to take a master's in biblical literature 
um, which I would be probably, I, I think I can safely say that I am the first Orthodox Jew to graduate from a spirit-filled university with a thesis in the Hebraic roots of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I can safely, I can safely say that. And I went to Oral Roberts University because I wanted to, uh, A, I wanted to explore the Holy Spirit because I think it's one of those things that, that can really bridge Jews and Christians. Yeah. Obviously, there are differences between how Judaism and Christianity expresses their faith, but what I feel there's more commonality than differences. And one of the areas that were not theologically explored was the Holy Spirit. And I, th- I said, to honor my mentor in mm-hmm. Jewish-Christian relations, Rabbi Dr. Gerald Meister, blessed memory, the last discussion I had with him was on the Holy Spirit. And then he passed away, unfortunately, a few days afterwards, after that conversation. To honor him, that's why I went to All Roberts University. So to honor an Orthodox rabbi and to advance my calling in Jewish Christian relations, I went to an evangelical uh, charismatic uh, campus. Yes. I love it. It's such a unique, you have such a unique background and history. Um, I I love the fact that you are honoring somebody from a different, seemingly different faith background than a Christian faith background. But really one of the things we've talked about and I've heard you say for years is we have more in common then we have differences. And I think as the world becomes more secular, certainly we're seeing that in America, there's yeah. this secularization. And like you said, the grandmas are worried. I'm worried. I'm a worried grandma. What are our kids and our grandkids going to, how are they going to grow up in this world that is really becoming um, antagonistic towards people of faith, especially Christian and Jewish faith. And if yeah. we can stick together because we have so much in common, we're going to, we're going to be able to stand stronger. Yeah, I actually go beyond that, beyond just, let's say, there's a common enemy, if you want to put as yeah, an enemy. Yeah, well, right? yeah. I, I, want, I, I think that the, the relationship between Jews and Christians are qu- is quite unique. I, obviously, for almost 1,800 years, it hasn't always been a great relationship. But I think the miracle of what's happening in the unfolding of biblical history right now with Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel along with an openness of Jews and Christians willing to dialogue with one another yeah. is an un, is an unprecedented unprecedented moment in in sacred history like i know that there was a canonization of the bible that the that we know when the canon stopped but it doesn't mean that god doesn't continue to write in our current history right. and i think that's what we're doing together mm-hmm. so i can't be who i am as a jew living here to be a light unto the nations without you, Lisa, you, the Christian, mm-hmm. and anyone who wants to be part of this remnant yeah. of building bridges between Jews and Christians. So for me, uh, it's my identity is with you. Mm-hmm. I know that might sound strange. I know for those who are in to the Hebraic roots of the, of the Christian faith, always tell me I can't be who I am without you. So there seems to be this togetherness that should have been at the beginning, but unfortunately took a major divergent path to a different place altogether. But now that we are here and that we can have this dialogue with one another, it's truly amazing. But I would add one more component to it. And I think this is where biblical excavations actually provides one of the ways to ensure that your children who will go on into the secular world can be protected by how we deliver Bible content these days. And I go back to this. Some of your people who are listening to this might be shocked, but Jesus was Jewish. Okay. So, 
So I want to make sure you shouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But he was Jewish. He was reared in Judaism. He was surrounded by the different Judaisms of his day. And his humanity was taught a very Jewish way to see scripture. Right. So if I would give you a, 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 a way to look at this from a Christian point of view is we're trying to teach you how Jesus was taught. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is the key aspect of it. And one of the things you can bring out is that Jesus is always dealing with questions. Yes. Not every single question was a way to go ahead and, and cause adversarial effects. It wasn't a way to always try to stump him. People had genuine questions. He was dealing with those questions. He's dealing in a very Jewish approach. So I think one of the things that we deliver in biblical excavations is the art of the question. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is a very Jewish approach because you can't learn without questioning. Simply to go ahead and present everything on a silver platter or 10 points in a PowerPoint presentation Mm -hmm. takes away from actually how Jesus was reared in the Jewish approach to scriptures. Right. So what we did in our first curriculum, uh, which will it's called Your Sabbath Invitation, mm-hmm. is to incorporate Hebraic interpretive ways of looking at, at scripture and then fusing it with critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because no longer, I believe, you can rely on a chapter and verse memorization of the Bible to ensure that somehow after high school, I'm going to retain all of this. Right. I think uh, teenagers at this point in time are looking for something deeper. And uh, what, and again, we had this discussion after looking at all the Bible curriculums that are out there, we haven't seen anything that really takes a proactive approach in blending critical thinking and Hebraic understanding. And again, I'm just saying this is one of the things I think can help our children in the future. I'm not saying it's the answer. That's first of all, anyone who says I'm the answer, you got to be careful of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're selling something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to, I'm writing, a, I'm very humble, so humble. I'm writing a book on how you can gain uh, humbleness uh, through my approach for $9.99. Yes. No, just <laughs> okay. I want to back up for a minute. Though. That's a great joke. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have mentioned biblical excavations and your Sabbath invitation. So yeah. let's let's back up and explain what those two titles mean and what they're about. Sure. Okay, so biblical. So 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 yeah. yeah. Step number one. Um, I'm now the executive director for the Isaiah Projects. Okay. The Isaiah Projects is a team of Christian mothers and grandmothers, and uh, me, the Orthodox Jew, who decided to create a platform to produce Hebraic roots resources for Christians. Part of that mandate included focusing on the Christian homeschool world. So the first one major projects that we've launched this year is called Biblical Excavations, Mm -hmm. biblicalexcavations.com, where we spent a year and four months developing a curriculum that fuses uh, critical thinking and Hebraic understanding for a book that I wrote called Your Sabbath Imitation. Mm-hmm. And what, and when I, and when I, um, when I printed the book last year, uh, it was very successful, mm-hmm. but it was a little too high yeah. for the high school world. And w- thank God for your, your network and what you've helped in the process. As we took that book, we modified it for the high school world with a study guide, yeah. both for half credit and full credit. And by March 1st, we are launching. And what's quite unique about this is that we're delivering content 
based the based upon a 2023 uh, teenager how they process all types of um, of information. So 4K video content on location in Israel. Yeah. Uh, there are some Hebrew words that uh, the students will be processing, but we made sure that it would be easy to process. We created a whole series called a relationship with the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. I don't want anyone to be overwhelmed by these letters. I want them to really feel that there is a relationship. Mm-hmm. As you know, Lisa, it says in the first verse in the gospel of John, in the beginning was the word. I mean, like stop for a moment. Like what was this in beginning of the word thing? And we talked about this. There's a heavenly word based upon what it says in Proverbs chapter uh, eight, mm-hmm. that it was at the side of God before he formed the world. That means there was this heavenly, in Hebrew, we call it Torah, heavenly word. And this was used as the blueprint mm-hmm. to create the world. So that means if you have a heavenly word, that means you have a language. If you have a language, there has to be an alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> There was a Hebrew alphabet that existed, that created the word, that created the world, all of this. So the Hebrew alphabet, these 22 letters mm-hmm. are extremely important because it's sort of the matrix, not to get Keanu Reeves on you, Lisa, right now, but this is the <laughs> matrix yeah. of the world, that God's world is really his word, but it's made up of a language and, and an alphabet. So we wanted we wanted the... Um, students to be prepared and therefore we created that series as to be a complement throughout the book yeah so the the book is just it's a it's a really beautiful intense look at scripture and i think that's what a lot of people i hope are looking for that's one of the things that we've really we've really gone round and round about at true north is um is bible study and how in depth do we get when people are trying to just get their english and math and science done and keep their kids motivated and get community service and maybe get a job and get ready to launch and do acts and all the things and one of the things we've talked about is how important it is for kids to really like you said not just memorize scripture but understand the context of what they're memorizing um because memorization is learning i mean, i've talked about that so often and they do do some memory work in here but having a broader context but one of the things that's key to the program that you've developed is critical thinking skills and our kids are really going to need critical thinking skills as we launch into this global gig economy where they're just getting input from all sides how do you sort how do you know what's valid how do you know what's true and what do you keep and what do you throw away? And that's that's really the heart of this program. And and that's what's so unique and really powerful about it, in my opinion. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the high praise, as they yeah, say. I love I love it. <laughs> I do love it. So okay, the Isaiah project. Um, and then you've got um biblical excavations, which is which is a really project from the Isaiah projects, which is really where all the curriculums are coming from. Yes. So that's the that's what you will call a branch within the Isaiah projects that will the next one that we're working on right now as we're speaking, even though we're doing sort of the final tweaks on your Sabbath invitation, but we're already starting on the parables of Jesus. Yes. So again, right. a parable is a Jewish technique approach to deciphering scripture. Yeah. And to truly understand the parables in high definition. Yeah then you have to understand it's a break undertones. Right. Right. So how you break up a parable is going to be key to unlocking more information than a peripheral reading, just a glance look at the parable. These parables have a punch to them. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the reason most times Jesus is giving a parable because he's about to go ahead and give a spiritual punch okay. to the person to learn yeah. from it. Right. Sometimes, you know, remember, you know, how do you define a neighbor? Okay. So let me give you a little parable to help yeah. you process that correctly. Right. Yeah. So again, there is that I go back to there's a, a Hebraic or Jewish approach to dissecting scripture. Now I want to make it very clear to my, for the Christians who are listening to this, this doesn't take away from your Christ center approach to scripture. Mm-hmm. Obviously you will always have a Christ center approach to scripture. That's how you're reared. That's how you express your faith, but it doesn't divorce itself from how Jesus actually was, was learning and how he taught. Right. 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 So that if you can incorporate that, it will give you what I say a high definition. Yeah. So whatever you're learning in 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 uh, church or whatever you're learning in your current Bible curriculums on this, I think just elevating it. I always keep, I'm going to keep that word there. Elevate elevating the way we're delivering Bible content, elevating the way we're processing the information. So that's why I believe that if we're allowing our children to think this way, it will provide a more substantive way of continuing with the Bible after they leave your home and they go into the college environment or the work environment. Right. And this is an important point because I think Barna said over 60% of evangelical kids leave their Christian faith by Thanksgiving of their freshman year. That is a horrifying statistic and one parents need to take really seriously because if we're really concerned about our kids' life and spiritual life, if they're just going to turn away from the faith that they've been raised in within a matter of weeks, we need to do something differently. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm very concerned about Christianity. I know that sounds weird as a Jew, but I am. I want Christians to be Christ-centered, but that Christ-centered approach should also hopefully take in consideration yeah. the Jewishness of Jesus and how he actually was learning this, the Bible and how he taught the Bible. And I think, again, it's one of the approaches I think will be a major transformation that could, could work towards protecting our kids. I mean, uh, again, you know me, I've, I'm, I'm traveling all the time to the United States. And what I have seen in the last few years of how much, uh, I'm going to use a Yiddish word for you, Lisa, okay, schmutz, <laughs> the garbage that has been uh, given over into the public school system to our children. Uh, I'm just quite shocked. I mean, uh, I have the fortunate goodwill to live in Israel, that we have a fusion of synagogue and state, and therefore my tax shekels provide me the opportunity to uh, put my children in a school system that reflects my religious value system. Right. And I'm not paying $30,000 a year to do that. It's part of it's part of what how Israel op- operates. It's one of the major reasons why I went. I, I moved to Israel from New York. One primary thing is after two thousand years, I want to be part of biblical prophecy that of the ingathering of the exiles. Yeah. Number two, my oldest son was turning five, and I was like, okay, do I want to stay here in New York, um, or do I want to go back to? where my where it all started and and then allowed the education system that I could pick that doesn't have to bankrupt me at the same time. Right. Right. So, <laughs> right. It's an so, important thing to think about. It's yeah. a, a very important thing. So religious education was one of the primary movers to do that quickly 
when I mo- almost moved 18 years, almost 18 years ago, 17 wow. and a half years ago, they moved to Israel. It's my oldest son. Like, what are we going to do? What, what should we do? What, yeah. What's the best way? So I wanted him to grow up in a sense that it's okay. Jew- being Jewish is fine. And we're going to give you a, a religious school that reflects our value system and, and enhance it every single time he comes into the home by, by sitting down with him. But uh, again, I think in the homeschool world, there's always this, I think, concern. What happens after my children leave the home? Yeah. Like, right. And I share that sentiment. And therefore, that's the reason why I stepped out of the position I did to, again, it's a call of God at yeah. the end of the day. I've never done this because of of uh, getting my picture in the newspaper. It's not about the big conferences. This is always about the relationship that mm-hmm. I believe is covenanted between Jews and Christians and about showing who God is in the world. So mm-hmm. if I can add a little bit to it in, in the homeschool world and influence a, 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 an approach that I think has worked in the past, should work in the future. We at True North, we say all the time, education is the transmission of culture. That's not from me. That's from Will Durant, who was one of the great educators of the last century. And really, you just exemplified that perfectly, that you are really trying to transmit a culture of of your ethnic background, your religious background. And that's really, that's at odds in America right now, because we have the school system that's very secular. And if you're homeschooling, then where's your wider culture? And, and this, this curriculum that you've provided is, you know, the Sabbath invitation, I've read it, I've, I've read it in depth. It's very, um, it really helps your kids think deeply about scripture and their part to play in it. And one of the things you've talked about through this whole interview is that the scripture is alive. You're actually living in biblical prophecy by being in Israel. And uh, that that's pretty phenomenal. If we think about that, like prophecy is coming alive in Israel right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, even Christians visiting Israel is part of the biblical prophetic understanding of what's happening. uh, We will say in the messianic era, which I believe that we're in the beginnings of the messianic era. Um, I also believe that I want Messiah not to have a hard job Yeah, that I think we need to help out <laughs> in that process as much as we can on our part to be a partner with God mm-hmm. to repair a world that's broken yeah. and seems to be broken more now than ever beforehand, even though in many Western democracies, the, 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 the standard of living is much, much higher than yeah. any generation beforehand. But the brokenness is, is seems to be at an all time high. So, where are we getting our directives from? Yeah. And at the end, it comes from the Bible. That's where I I believe. Yeah. And um, and for me, education is everything because Genesis chapter eighteen verse nineteen is the pivotal verse where where God mentions why He elected Abraham in the first place because He's supposed to be an educator. Mm. He knew that He was going to educate the next generation. Uh-huh. So the the highest, the highest, uh, again, I wouldn't say profession, but I guess the highest uh, service to God is being an educator mm-hmm. and outsourcing it uh, doesn't really do much good for the for the children. It has to be covenant must be coming from the home yeah. and, and you have to be an example of covenant. So for me, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 is the verse that explains why abraham was elected because of him being an educator wow that's what he did i love it (laughs) i love it 
tell us a little bit more about, um, tell us about biblical excavations because you have several projects going on and by projects, they're really curriculum. And these are curriculum that parents can take and do on their own. We're offering it as self-paced class at True North. Um, and, and again, I'm really excited about it. There's so much to it. It's not just a text. You read it and fill in the blanks. It is a multi-layered, multifaceted approach to thinking um, critically about the Bible. And by critically, I don't mean picking it apart. I mean, like expanding your understanding of how to engage with it. And- yeah, so like, let's give an example of, of that. Even the first chapter, we already try to put a person in a position to think. Yeah. Right. So uh, one of the things I talk about is a messianic Sabbath. Uh, the inspiration for the book to begin with is Isaiah chapter 66, verse 23, where it says that, uh, all the humanity will be celebrating Sabbath. And now, again, I want to make this very clear. I'm not asking people to do an Orthodox Jewish practice of Sabbath, but the concept that in the end of days, there will be a positive mm-hmm. prophecy yeah. that everyone will be in partnership with and celebrating is quite unique in the way how end of days is actually presented in the media, specifically in the Christian media, of doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the book of Revelation. However, people look at the book of Revelation, how they're interpreting book of Revelation. Usually one word comes up and that's Armageddon. And when you're thinking about Armageddon, the only, the only conclusion you can have on Armageddon is doom and gloom, mm-hmm. which I understand. Yeah. But let's, if, but that's if you use a word of Armageddon. Yeah. If you use the word, the expression end of days, Mm-hmm. Then end of days has both negative and positive. Yeah. Right. So already I'm trying in the first chapter to make you think about an end of days approach that you can be a partner with God in redemptive history. Mm-hmm. That's something that happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, Sabbath, as we know, in the Ten Commandments was something that happened in the past. It's to mark a celebration of taking the Jews out from Egypt. Right. Yeah. But. The Sabbath that's mentioned in Isaiah is a future redemptive Sabbath. It's not a Sabbath of remembrance. It's a Sabbath of active redemptive moments. Mm-hmm. So my argument was, why are we waiting for this to happen? Why don't we just take it upon ourselves? This is my my philosophy in, in looking at the world. I want Messiah to have not have a hard job coming, right? Let's try to help out as right. much as we can. <laughs> That sounds so simple, doesn't it? But right, you're right. <laughs> right. So, so for so there, right at the beginning of the first chapter, we already do that. So we went on tell we went to tell Megiddo, mm-hmm. which is Megiddo is known as where Armageddon is supposed to take yeah. place. So we are at the site. We're talking about this concept of Armageddon in video format. Yeah. So we're presenting the idea where a student. Uh, in a 4K way, would understand that concept right away and then help the student as they're going through the chapter itself. Mm-hmm. It's already preparing them. And then we did a podcast. Yeah. So the audio sense yes. is there. Uh, and then we provided uh, a few Hebrew letters that relate to the word Shabbat in Hebrew, yeah. right? So all of that is complementary to the concept of how do you expand beyond a devotional approach? Mm-hmm. Simply just memorizing chapters and verses. You're already in the first chapter trying to put you into a position of thinking, right. which is what we want. 
And then and actively uh, thinking. I've, I think yeah, actively it, thinking. Actively yeah, thinking. It, this is not a passive program where the kids watch some videos and fill in the blanks. And I, I really appreciate that because there is a time and a place for that. I, I do actually think that's okay for some situations. But when you're really thinking about theology and how what faith is going to guide your life, and the deal is everybody has a faith that guides their life, whether they acknowledge it or not. And right. even people who say they don't have a faith, their faith is in not having a faith. So I think what you're doing with this program is really helping the kids sort through what, what faith are they going to follow? And you're setting it up as this is a beautiful faith to follow. This faith can really guide you. And it, and it's big enough and expansive enough and rich enough and alive enough that you can, you can follow it your whole life and you're never going to run out of it. (laughs) Exactly. So, and again, if you want uh, the way we approach scripture is going to be different then how, how, how sometimes a Bible curriculum is going to uh, present it. So let, let me just help right up from the beginning. When you open up the first chapter of the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. you will see patterns that come emerge from the chapter. And one pattern is it was evening, it was morning, and just insert the day, yeah. right? Yeah. But then you get to Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, which is the seventh day of creation, which I believe should have been in, first, in the first chapter. But for some reason... It got into the second chapter. Okay. So be as it may, uh, if you look at the seventh day of creation, it does not have that expression. It was evening, it was morning, it was the seventh day. So forget what the answer may be. Just the question itself should pop up in your head. Because if you do a peripheral reading of it, you're just glancing, you might not notice it. But we believe that every single word in the Bible is meaningful. It's not there haphazardly. It's not a coincidence. Right. Right. So there's got to be a rhyme and a reason why evening, it was evening and it was morning. It does not appear on the seventh day. Mm -hmm. All right. And there's other expressions. It was so I can, I can go ahead. God saw, uh, God said all these things that appear in the first six days of creation doesn't appear on the seventh day of creation. Mm hmm. And the question is why? And therefore it already makes the seventh day stand out differently than the other six days. Yeah. Just proving, proving from a pre Sinai, pre the 10 commandments given that Sinai approach, there's something special about the day already embedded in creation. Right. So, so there, there you didn't need to know anything about Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Yet here's a, I, what I believe is a phenomenal question to ask. Mm-hmm. why doesn't it appear sometimes the question of why it doesn't appear is just as important as why it appears in the beginning right, right? <laughs> yeah yeah well and really what you're talking about is i mean again critical thinking how to really approach how you read the bible not as a devotional where someone's telling you okay we read this little passage together here's how you might feel about it and there's time and a place for that but you're you're really teaching the students like how to observe, what do the observations mean, and how to parse it all out so that they can apply it to their life. Wow. Correct. Profound. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, thank God for, again, I would say uh, Tamara. Tamara yeah. has been tremendous in, yeah. in helping me bring down these concepts that a high school student can properly digest. Yeah. Uh, so, she's been a tremendous asset to the team. Like, yeah. again, the whole team that I have who are 
actualizing the vision or all homeschool mothers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think this is to Very me, this, that's, <laughs> that's how it should be done. Right. You know, so, yeah. Well, and, and if anybody's been around True North for a while, you know Tamara Poole, and she is an, a brilliant classical educator, and she she just knows how to illuminate difficult concepts and make them very accessible, and she's been a really important part of this team. So um, so you're in good hands, and, and I think that the thing that I'm so excited about this is that it is really going to bring scripture alive in a way to your kids that they're going to want more. And that to me is super exciting because a lot of times, I mean, I just remember, you know, you get to a point in your faith where you're just reading the same words over and over and the spark maybe has gone and you're just like, what, what new am I supposed to get out of this? But this study really is like, wow, it's so deep and rich. And there's just so much to really dig into in this, in this one study. And it can be a half a credit or a full credit. Um, But I think it's going to be something that families are going to want to do together, honestly. That's that's the hope because you uh, for Sabbath, it shouldn't be uh, observed and celebrated alone. Yeah, Sabbath should always be within the community. If the idea of a messianic Sabbath is all humanity celebrating this, then part of it is that there has to be people beyond yourself. Yeah, that you're in communion with yeah. to celebrate this one wonderful sacred day. And again, I want to make it very clear. This is not an Orthodox Jewish practice. It's not you eating kefilte fish. Or, <laughs> okay, it's just, one, yeah, just say, I want, I, again, I want people to bring, bring out their best ethnic cuisine and yeah. celebrating this day as you see fit scripture worshiping, but always with the family, always with community. Yeah. Um, so it's not about a me day. Yeah. It's about a capital H I M day. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're plugging in. It's not unplugging. I think Sabbath usually gets this reputation of either legalistic do's and don'ts, or it's an unplug. Like I'm, I'm separating from the world. Well, right. we, we don't believe in a monastic lifestyle. We're not here going to the, uh, to the mountains to do some meditation stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah. Sabbath is completely plugging in. And the best way I could describe this is that in, in the United States, you have a what was called a 110 voltage plug. Oh. Right? Yeah. But in Israel, when you come to Israel, you actually have to get a converter yeah. because we have a 220 voltage. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a little higher. So I, I'm saying to you, it's actually plugging in to a 220 voltage <laughs> amplified presence of God. I That's that's the Sabbath because it's it's plugging into what he, God, put into the DNA of creation that Sabbath is giving more of himself mm. to us so we can soak that in to know what we have to do for him in the coming week yeah. to actualize his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Again, this is again, and this should be very, very familiar with Christians because most of what Jesus was teaching yeah. is about kingdom right. in the next. Right. right now, what are we going to do now for the kingdom? Okay. So you do need one day mm-hmm. to soak in that amplified presence of God to know what you've done in the previous week and what you're going to intend to do for God this week. Mm-hmm. That eternal question, where are you mm-hmm. at the beginning of creation, still lingers among us. Yeah, Where are we with our relationship with God? And just to, if you're not moving forward, mm-hmm. that means... Sometimes you're moving back. Yeah. And we have to be actively plugging in. And Sabbath gives us that that opportunity. Yeah. 
I love it. I, this book is so good. This Bible study is so good. Um, I'm so excited about it. The, the videos are absolutely beautiful. They're breathtaking. The podcasts are good. This is a complete package kind of curriculum. And, um, the thing I like about it too, is it really hits your kids neural pathways in many different ways, visual auditory. Um, you've got the book with study guide questions. And again, they're not just fill in the blank questions. They're critical thinking questions just to get your kids really wrestling with the material. So again, this is going to be, if you do morning baskets with your kids or a morning meeting, this is a perfect morning basket, especially with your junior and senior high school kids. Um, it's, it's a beautiful Bible study. Um, and really going to get you deep into what is God calling your family to? It could really change your life. Um, so I will put all the links. The other thing I just want to mention you every week you post um, blessed Sabbath on your Facebook post and you've got this beautiful table set and it's just yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's called Sabbath anticipation, which we discuss in, in the book. Yeah. The way I, 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 um, I, uh, I give a, a story about it is because you know that I travel around the world and we've known each other for years yeah. and I've come to South Dakota. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but I, I love the scenes at an airport in the arrivals area of when people haven't seen each other for a long, long time yeah. and the, and the family or the friends are greeting the person coming out from the arrival from customs yeah. that moment. I love to see that all the time, yeah. but I could just imagine what the people are doing to prepare for their family member to come in. Yeah. Like they're cleaning the house, yeah. make sure that the, they got the best food. Yeah. So why shouldn't we treat Sabbath yeah. the same way? If we're, we're, that we're anticipating this unbelievable encounter each week with God in a more profound way. It doesn't mean that God doesn't exist the rest of the days. It means this day is more amplified than any, any other day. It gives us an opportunity to reflect. So how do I show the king coming to my home? Yeah. Am I just going to be, so am I just going to do this as a McDonald's cheeseburger moment, a Kentucky fried chicken bucket <laughs> moment, <good>. or <laughs> is this a fast food experience or is this really, how do I, how would I normally have, I, if I knew a king was coming into my home, a physical king, a human being coming into my home, yeah. would I not make sure my best is given to that person, to the king? Why wouldn't we do that to yeah. God himself, right? So that that's the way, that's when you see my my table, that's what we're doing is that we're, that's the Sabbath anticipation. We're making a, our table fit for a king. It's beautiful. Well, you guys go follow his Facebook page so you can see it too. I'll put links in the show notes so you can find all of what we're talking about. Um, David, I just appreciate you and the work that you've done over the years. It's it's changed our lives in many ways. And we have just been blessed by knowing you and the people that we've met because of you and your writing and teaching. It has been a true blessing. So I'm super excited to bring this Bible study and the work that you're doing to so many other people because it it literally can change your life and amplify your faith in a way that you're like, yeah, that's that's why. We're following God. That is why, because he's alive and he's happening right now. It's, it wasn't for then and not for now. It's for now. And again, I want to give you a special uh, acknowledgement and real thanks because 10 years ago, Lisa, if you would have told me what I've been ending up <laughs> in this new chapter in my life, I, I didn't see it. God saw it. Uh, but your advice through, throughout the entire process and your willingness to help us launch 
launch it. It really means a lot. And then your recommendation of Gina Noble and Tamara and a whole slew of other people just to, you can't do this alone. You need the proper people in place. You need the team. It should be done as a family, as a family. And then I have Janet Kane and uh, who's been with me (laughs) for over, I I don't know. Wow. It's gotta be eight, 17, 18, 17 years. And then Pasadena Taylor and Martian Conrad, just a, a, a great team of people who, who've guided me, who, who I know I can speak to, because this is not an easy thing for, for me as the Jew to walk into this either. And I want, I'm humbled. I want God to lead this. Um, and so we, we, this is, this has really been a lot, a project of love. Yeah. But I remember like being up at three in the morning here in Israel calling you. What do you think about this for a moment? <laughs> as this sound and so there's been a lot of prayer behind it and thank god here we are about yeah. to launch it. yeah i'm i'm so excited um you have been a blessing and you have an amazing team i know god's in this work um i know he is and um i'm excited to be part of it because isn't that what it's all about is where's god at work join him there right isn't yeah. that the whole plan of our lives on this earth <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so it's the a blessing is joyful yeah. Future is joyful. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, you guys, I've got lots of links for you in the show notes. God bless you in Israel and, and to your family. I know they're behind you 100% and you couldn't yeah. do it without them as no. well. That's so, true. Okay, you guys, if you have any questions for David Nick Rootman or this project or the curriculum, you can just put a comments and we'll get it to them. If you have any questions for me, I'd love to answer them. And um, if you have any questions about this amazing curriculum, please reach out. We'd love to answer those for you. God bless. Take care, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a, they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, We like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, Clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North School Academy. Um, We're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.